Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Save the Kids podcast. It's your one-stop shop for raising kids in this tech-heavy world. We bring on professionals and experts to give you all the tools you need to help your kids become fire-breathing warriors that have the strength to break out of the mold society has put them in. At the end of the day, we're all here for one reason, to help save some kids. I'm your host, Nate Webb. Let's get to it. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Save the Kids podcast. It's your host, Nate Webb, live in Studio Salt Lake City area, and we got a show lined up today. Um, We all know that our kids are being targeted in very, very many different ways. And so today I have here with me Vince Shorb. Vince is one of the country's leading advocates for promoting financial wellness and a thought leader in teaching and scaling financial education programming. After spending 15 years in the financial services, working one-on-one with more than 20,000 people, he founded the National Financial Educators Council, an organization dedicated to combating the financial illiteracy epidemic that we see oh so prevalent today. Vince's mission is to create a world where people are informed and to make qualified financial decisions and confidently take effective financial action that best help them meet their basic human needs while moving forward to fulfilling their personal family and global goals. Along the way, he became an expert in different marketing schemes and has seen directly how kids have and can be and forever will be targeted and how that can lead to some very poor financial decisions down the road. So we're going to learn about a lot of that stuff today and how we can help save some kids. Welcome, welcome Vince to the show, man. Thanks for having me. Appreciate what you guys do too. It's like, there's so many causes, so many things out there. I'm so shocked that the kids' causes are pushed down to the bottom. So really appreciate you guys and what you're doing here. Well, that's a lot of kind words, man. So how did you end up kind of in this in this industry? I mean, you've been in finance for a long time. How does that, a lot of people might be thinking, how the heck does this relate to kids? Enlighten us, man. Yeah, you know, my, my journey started as a kid, right? I was always the entrepreneur, always saving money, very frugal. I always sat in the back of the classroom studying foreclosure books instead of paying attention to what's going on in the classroom. I just felt it was a better use of my time and where I wanted to go in life. And through that journey, I got into financial services. My goal was to really help people. And what I found was I was really putting a Band-Aid on people, right? Mm. Now, I've always been very analytical, right? Numbers, it's just dollars and cents, it's spreadsheets, all that stuff. Exactly wrong. So when I started to make a change in life, I consulted with my mom. She said, hey, you always had a passion for this. I just want to get out of financial services and into something new. She said, you're always frustrated that they never taught about money in school. And that led me on this journey. And what I found in my early years in studying behaviors sentiment, how, why people are making financial decisions, it's not rooted in logic. It's rooted mm-hmm. in emotion oh, and much. behaviors. And often these develop when people are very young. So we have a nationwide team of coaches and educators and what they find when they're working with their clients, a lot of their decisions they're making now started when they're in their early years. So that's what led me to this. And I've always been a passionate advocate for kids, kids' rights, and and just protecting our nation's most important asset, which is the future of this next generation. Um, so I think that's where this, I kind of got into the kids space a little backwards through the financial space and just seeing where the issues started to form from. That's interesting. Um, and if you think about it, I mean, I, I feel like social media, the advertising industry 
it affects kids at a really young age and then it it continues to influence them further on down the road so let's a little bit about kids in advertising and how they're being targeted yeah, you know, and, and just to set the landscape here, when, you know, you're growing up, you have some influencers in life, right? Parents, relatives, and that immediate environment you're around, right? And right. sometimes you get good influence and sometimes bad influence. It just depends. Luck of the draw in many cases. Right. Then you have advertisers, right? And that's one of the next main influencers of a kid's life. And they're typically... 90 plus percent of the time trying to get kids to purchase something. That's a role of advertising. You don't often see ads every once in a while. It's a nice, nice thing to see, but you don't see ads where it's, you know, imparting good morals or good habits, you know, uh, financial literacy or, or good ways to manage your money. It's, it's consumerism. It's materialism, mm-hmm. make purchases and the advertising industry, they employ some, High-level psychologists, uh, sociologists, uh, you know, influencers, people that are there to convince people to make purchases. So that's on their team against this little kid. So I always envision a big boardroom, all these people in suits and ties, you know, trying to convince a, a you know a, a six-year-old for brand, uh, you know, alignment with with this big national brand. So Gosh. advertisers are there. This is also compounded nowadays because we have influencers yeah we have our our big ones like the you know uh, kardashians and things like that they're the bigger influencers but we also have kid influences there in the public sphere so within the whole uh youtube uh, uh universe there some of the biggest channels are kids unboxing videos oh yeah and teen hauling videos so for those i know a lot of your listeners wow. know this but the unboxing hauling it's like when they go buy something either online or go shopping and they'll open it up in front of the camera. So you have those, you know, not only, uh, uh, you know, aligned with the advertisers, but it's drilling down even deeper uh, to that uh, level. Um, and not many people are trying to counteract the impact of ads in kids. So I, I see it as a major problem and something we really need to proactively address to uh, protect this next generation of youth. Well, I guess to follow up that, how would you counteract it? How do you protect your kids from, you know, this influential, this influence of advertisements? There's a few ways. And I actually want to add one additional scary level to this, too, uh, just before I get into that uh, protection level, because I think it's important to uh, we know uh, the entire landscape. So, you know, we have the advertisers, influencers, et cetera. um, And then... They're not just influencing your kids. They're influencing the kids' peers, right? Mm-hmm. And not to age myself, but when I was growing up, we had, you know, the term keeping up with the Joneses. So somebody on the block got a new big wheel, right? I wanted the new big wheel or, or other things like that. But nowadays, this extended peer network not only impacts the kids in the neighborhood, the kids at school, but the kids that people are seeing on, you know, different social channels and connecting with all over the country and all over the world, actually. So we have this, all these advertisements are impacting not only the individual kid, but all these peers. And as humans, we feel we deserve what other people have that we consider our equals. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's just a behavioral finance principle that that we we have in, 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 in us. And so now we have that added level of, of, of impact. And, you know, from this parents have big challenges, right. To lead up to the counteracting and, and uh, it always reminds me, of, this is going back a, a few years, 
Um, but uh, there's a, a mom, she had a, a kid in at, at a store and she had a kid in the, in the bucket seat of that uh, push cart thing. I don't go shopping much, as you can tell, but she had a kid, <laughs> kid there, um, and and she had a, a four or five year old uh, uh, daughter, and the daughter wanted this uh, fairy frozen princess wand, had a bunch of candy in there, and the mom was like, no, no, you can't have that. And the kid got louder, louder, and started throwing a fit and throwing a fit, and you know you could see she's feeling embarrassed, and 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 the kids getting more and more upset, and you know the mom has a busy right. life and things to do, and everyone's staring. Yeah, people staring, you know, it's just, it's an uncomfortable situation for, for a lot of people, right? And so she ended up giving in to that. So now we have going to classical conditioning, right? And then for those uh, that may not be familiar, you may recognize the, the story of Pavlov's dog. Yes, where, psych uh, nerds, yeah. let's do it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, so yeah, hey, and just to share that story with people that may not know, you know, they they every time they fed these dogs in this uh, scientific type study, they would ring a bell, right? And so the dogs associated this bell ringing with food. And so what would happen after multiple, multiple attempts, they would ring the bell with no food and the dog would start salivating, getting ready for the food. So it's conditioned. So, you know, this, this, this mom, she, you know, did this to her daughter once if it's repeated time and time again, we can fast forward on this children's life, this child's life. And if, if that's the way she's conditioned, maybe when she's in a relationship later and she's not able to buy Ooh. something that she wants, she may get into a negative behavior or, or express herself in a way that's not adult life because she wants something, right? So it can have a long-term impact on, on that. So um, I just want to add that extra level because it's not just the initial messaging. It is the messaging times all the influencers, times the peers, times what we're doing as parents to to address it on a daily basis. So it is something major that can we can really snowball into something very negative in somebody's life. So how on earth do we combat that? Yeah, it sounds almost overwhelming, right? Yeah. Um, and 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 I think the the key really is having these conversations with your kids at a young age. I think we can demystify a lot of what advertising does. So I would suggest two things. First off, we have to understand that kids under seven years old, they don't understand the persuasive content of ads. They can, they can treat that exactly as reality. Even under 11 years old, between seven and 11, it's, it's very hit or miss whether a kid can tell. Um, and they still don't fully grasp it, right? They may get it, but they may think some things are, are real, like, I'm a, I was an old wrestling uh, fan, right? I, I didn't know at that age, hey, wrestling real or, or, or not, right? So, oh, like WWE? WWE, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? oh, yeah. Jimmy Fly, Superfly, Snooker, Hulk Hogan. I didn't know. I thought it was real, you know, but they can't tell before they're 12 is right when they can start to really tell, hey, this is an ad. They're trying to convince me of something. Right. Um, so, it's really important for, for people under 11 years old. Parents, I would suggest keep your kids away from ads as much as possible. I know it's tough. I know it's hard. There's screens everywhere. There's things everywhere. I saw your show the other week on AI and how that's you know being be, being even used as a tool to to, to uh, persuade and 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 do things that we may not want for kids. So, for parents with with kids under twelve years old, um, 
try to cut out the ads entirely if possible. Do your best to monitor that and eliminate ads as much as possible. When they're you know, between 7 and 11, you can start to show them ads, but in a controlled setting where you're having a conversation, where you're explaining, hey, this is an ad. This is what they're trying to do in this ad, right? And at first we can explain to them what it is. Right. And gradually we can shift to have the kid explain. So we can say, hey, what was that about? What are they trying to convince you of? What mm. are the images they use to, to make that seem appealing? If you don't get that, how do you think that would impact your life, right? And we can get into and break down the ad. The goal is for them to evaluate uh, the ads logically as opposed to emotionally. And that's a big thing we do in the financial education space, even with adults. It's not an emotional decision. It's a logical decision, right? Let's yeah. get it down on, on paper, make a logical decision from the chaos of the emotions, so by training our children on what advertising is, uh, what they're trying to convince you of, they can become very good stewards of what that is. And, and they can recognize things, you know, like, and, and there's a few different types of ads out there. There's ads that are trying to get them to make a purchase. There's trying to get ads out there trying to get their them to influence their parents' purchases. Right. And then there's ads that are trying to get long-term brand loyalty. So we can even break it down into those segments, right? And and really help our children become experts in media from the ad perspective. And I think that's a realistic goal if we have enough conversations with them. Um, and it could be fun, right? It's a fun thing. Right. Hey, you're watching a YouTube video together. You watch a TV together. An ad comes on. Okay, let's let's go into this, right? And right, and marketing you know, 101. Time to analyze, kids. You got it, Nate. Yeah, exactly. And well, it's and, really uh, interesting because when you're talking about the kids have a hard time, you know, with per the reality perception. If parents think about that, let's say you have your kid watching YouTube. You know, you're you're trying to clean or something, so you slap on a few YouTube videos. And you know, you're, you're not, you're not that bougie. So you don't pay for YouTube premium. So you got ads and stuff and they're all good kid videos that you have loaded up, but your YouTube thinks that you are watching because it is your account, even though you have you kid shows lined up. And so therefore the ads are going to be tailored towards you. And so your kids, if you leave them alone and they see, I don't know, like on, on my phone, I see all sorts of funky ads with like, weird apps that like kind of get sexual in the nature and because they think i'm a a middle-aged you know a 30 year old man they think that i want that kind of stuff and and i'm like kids will see that and think that's real that's reality kind of like when kids see pornography for for the first time they think that that is what a sexual relationship looks like same with whatever fictitious thing your young kids get shown by advertisements over time that is their perception of reality and you don't want that to be what's shaping their minds because that can turn out to be very ugly in the future. I agree. Yeah. Very good points. And so, yeah, I think our role as parents um, is to shape our children with values um, and not only money, just the values we want. And a lot of people try to steal that right away from parents. We have yeah. advertisers, we have schools, individual teachers. A lot of people are trying to steal those rights, you know, as, as a parent, it's your right to shape that kid in, in the way that you feel is is best. And yeah, I know hey, some parents, I may mean, agree with some things, others I do, it, it, right. it, but it's that parent's child, right? Right. Who says I'm right? Who says they're right? But hey, when advertising and other people are trying to jump in, provide their own values into things that may not align with, with whatever, uh, however it is you want to raise your child, it's important. And I agree. You got to be careful when you're, 
having your own YouTube and other channels on. Um, some of these ads that come up are just, you know, it could take kids on a bad course. And within two, three links, you can be from something very positive to something very negative. Yeah. And so many times I I, I guarantee when we say, so when, when, when we say, yeah, like until they're 12, kids don't really understand what ads are. We'll have parents that clap back and be like, my four-year-old knows, oh, that's a commercial and like knows how to skip the commercial and everything. And I'm like, they don't know what's going on with that commercial. They know that you have called that thing that has interrupted their show. That thing's a commercial. The content of that thing is not being understood at the level you think it is, mom and dad. All your kid knows that thing popped up and interrupted Peppa Pig. And in five seconds, I can hit this button here and Peppa Pig will come back. But I, ha- I have to wait until this button pops up. That is their understanding of it. And so I know parents are going to clap back and be like, no, they understand it. No, they don't, parents. <laughs> they can understand it, though, just like any other tough topic just like pornography and sex and all the other things we need to talk to our kids at a young age, they can understand ads as we talk about them. I love what you said, you know, as you're watching TV as a family, like if you're watching a Hulu show or, you know, another streaming service that has ads in it, you can, you can talk about it. Okay. Yeah. This is an ad. What are they trying to, what are they trying to sell us? What are they trying to make us do that? What is their end game? Get them thinking about that so that when they're on their own in the wild as an older teen, those are the same thoughts that begin going through their head. When you have those kind of discussions, parents, you are priming your kids to have that discussion with themselves later on to ask those questions internally. I love that. That's something everyone should do. Yeah. And I think too, as parents, you know, we can see what the, you know, sometimes we just, we've seen so many ads as adults, right? We've seen millions of ads, right. it's just we skim over them. But when we really look at it, like this is a couple of years ago, I saw an ad where a uh, uh, daughter and father were driving to school. Dad has kind of a beat up car and the, he, the daughter say, okay, park here. And she gets out, runs around the corner to go to school, right? Cut to scene two. Dad has a new car, right? It's new, whatever, uh, you know, SUV, whatever. Um, he's She's riding next to him. He pulls up right in front of school. She lovingly kisses her dad on the cheek. Her friends are out there looking in a dormant at this new SUV. Look how cool she is. And the daughter runs out with the friends, weighs back to her dad, right? And what does that ad say, right? Um, and, and I think parents, too, we just get so... Um, used to advertising because we've seen it, but when you really start dissecting it and the impact it can make on a child's emotional state, uh, even a parent's emotional state, their, their health, uh, you know, because most of the ads for kids for food are unhealthy food, the McDonald's, the, the tricks, all that sugar right. and junk food. Um, so it impacts their lives in many ways, just not money, right? It's not just talking about materialism, but hey, if they're developing unhealthy eating habits because they're seeing these unhealthy ads over and over, that leads to greater expense later in terms of your health care, uh, missed days at work. So there's a lot of bad results that can come there. Um, when we're you know continually exposed to ads and they don't, they can't understand, they're not in a frame of mind to understand different opportunities because they're believing things that they see, they're following through. So they're just kind of these drones that are following the system as opposed to free thinking individuals that are making decisions in alignment with their longer term goals. Right. And also the the thought process of 
how it kind of converts them to a mindset of materialism that they are not good enough without X, Y, and Z that they must obtain X, Y, and Z to be good enough. Half the time, the things that kids ask for, for their birthdays and Christmas, sometimes it's not because they actually like that thing. It's because they feel that they are not enough without that thing because of the advertisement industry and the materialism culture that advertising is doing. Very true. And, and, and that, again, not only impacts your kid, but the kids of school. Yeah. And as you know, from, from your, uh, the bullies be gone side of things, kids pick on other people because oh. of, of material things, but they've been conditioned that, Hey, you need this to be cool. Right. Yeah. And so they're picking on other people that may not have those things. Um, and it's just a negative cycle that can really uh, uh, grow. And you know, our call and our, our our campaign is really stop advertising to kids under 12 years old. Yeah. Um, I would push it further, but the science backs that up. Hey, they, they don't understand it. Stop it. Knock it off. There's no need to it, right? Um, later when they're adults, you know, when they're adults, you're adults, right? Hey, hopefully your parents and, and your education have helped you get to a point where you can make good decisions in alignment with your goals. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, a lot of kids are out there getting influenced and, and many, you know, I know the, the people probably watching this show are trying their best to raise their parents, but there's a lot of parents that are working a few jobs and they're sitting their kids in front of the TV and they don't. So these right. kids are growing up without any influence on the positive way. They don't get financial education in school. They don't get media education in school. They don't even really get value education in school uh, oftentimes. So it's really up to uh, parents to yeah. to lead that charge um, through daily, finding those ways that we right. can interact with them daily on this. I mean, also some formal education. There's a lot of great content out there that you can sit down with your kids and every once in a while and provide that homeschool type environment on core subjects because right. you have to fill in for what schools aren't doing. Right. Now, what state are you in? In Texas. I'm in Texas. Great. So in so I'm in Utah. Um, mm-hmm. And for the last, oh, I don't know, 10, 15 years, there was a course required to graduate high school called financial literacy. That's like, meh. Like, depending on the teacher, you'll get something good. Sometimes you won't. Um, I know some teachers, because they... They recently accepted it in the last five or so years. They accepted Dave Ramsey's Peace University financial stuff as a high school course that you can take. But that being said, I don't think parents realize how much kids being advertised to affects their financial decision making later on in the future. Because let's say as a kid, you get advertised to, you get raised in this culture of, you know, I, I want this thing, I get this thing. And you know, it's, I'm going to get it. And now, because that's when I want it. And then when you're grown up, you want it, you get it. The magic credit cards, sweet, no big deal. I want it, I get it. Instant gratification. It really reminds me of this, <laughs> this, this, this meme that I saw just today that made me laugh really hard. And it says, there's two types of girls in this world. And it just showed two different hands. One hand, the girl's nails, they're, they're painted, they're beautiful, but they're just regular nails. And the other nails where they're like the super long curly acrylic and it says, the one with short nails is probably going to her job soon. The one with the long nails, she probably doesn't have a job. And I had to chuckle at it because it was kind of teasing at that 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 um, component of of instant gratification of of poor decision making. But guys, 
that's how TV is raising the next generation. So if you let screens raise your kid, that's what their mindset's going to be. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's studies out there. Brown University has one of the biggest ones, best one I've seen. Uh, they uh, interviewed 50,000. They did a study of 50,000 kids um, and their chore habits. Right. Oh. And they found that the habit of doing chores and getting the habit of working and earning money um, developed by age nine. Wow. So that's an important thing. So it kind of it illustrates too, and in, in some other uh, studies out there, point seven nine years old when financial habits are are forming. Uh, so it does form at a young age. And Utah actually has one of the best financial literacy standards out there. I'd say the highest in the country. Good job, still, Utah. Utah, and so nice job there. But but still, so much time, need for improvement. <laughs> so much need. It's like one semester. Try speaking a foreign language after one semester, right? No, no habla español no. bien. And it's right? senior you, year you too. It. It's it's yeah. one semester, senior year, right before they're thrown out into the wild. Oh, here's one semester of how to how to handle money. Yeah, and our, our big case on that side is say start in elementary school. Parents are some great things you can do with having your kids participate in chores, contribute to a portion of household expenses, so they're getting used to paying for rent car, just a, a portion of that. So you're paying them a little more, sitting down monthly and taking some of the back, having them save for the short and long term. So that way, when they're making their own purchases, they can reflect, hey, is this going to, should I buy this or should I save up for that bike? Should I buy this Pokemon card? I don't know what's out there now. Or should I save up for this bike? So helping them develop muscle. Money is just like a, a, a muscle for working out, right? Yeah. It takes continual repetitions and, and and so forth to build that strength, uh, yeah. like you said. So we're able to combat that instant gratification, um, and we're able to uh, help them again when they leave the household. And and nowadays kids are leaving household way late, right? They're mid thirties. Oh, yeah. uh, but hey, when when they're getting that that sixteen years old, getting a job, contributing to the household, moving out at a young age, so they're experiencing that, so they're learning in a way. But it takes us making sure that they know what advertising is, what they can afford, how to live within your means. And that piece of plastic that I got a lot of during credit card uh, during uh, college doesn't mean you can buy you know, buy a bunch of stuff, right? Yep. It's a tool for your finances, not a thing to look cool for your friends. I love that. I love that, man. This has been so informative. Parents, It's we need to start talking about these all these things. You just need to talk, talk to your kids more. Just talk to your kids. If you're scared about your kids seeing something, talk about that thing with your kids so they understand that thing, so they understand the advertisements, they understand the thing so that they can look away, so that they can they know what to do when they when they find that thing that you're scared of them coming across. When we let fear decide, we give all the power to the thing we're afraid of. When we give knowledge, then we are giving power to us and our kids. This has been wonderful. Um, how can people see what you're up to, Vince? Shameless plug time. Come to the website, financialeducatorscouncil.org. We have actually a cool thing that if you just look, type in chores for kids in FEC, it's all free for you. Um, there's chores divided by age groups. You're happy to use that. I'd love to see every parent getting their ch kids into the chore system. I'll send you the link uh, uh, later to uh, uh, Nate. Um, yeah. Additionally, hey, if you want to personally connect, Vince Shorb on LinkedIn, S-H-O-R-B. I love to connect with people that are on the side of kids, empowering them. So it's been a true honor to, to meet you. And I, I've been following you guys there. 
uh, with with your group and also save the kids as well. So I appreciate all your efforts. Thank you so much. And all of that will be in the podcast description. So if you guys want to go check that website out, go and use those awesome resources because they are there for you. And if you want Save the Kids to come to your church school event, whatever it might be, please fill out a speaker form in the podcast description so we can get that conversation started and bring us to your area. Always remember, you are wonderful, you are worthy, and you are worth it. Go home and give your kids an eight-second hug, and we'll see you on the next one.